0: Once again, everybody, welcome to another edition of After Further Review with Mark Ferreira and John Pelkey. I am John Pelkey. If you're watching on YouTube, hello. uh, That's Mark Ferreira in the middle. Jeff Taylor, our producer, is to your left, my right, as I'm staring at you. This is just still throwing me off a little bit, Mark Ferreira, that uh, that we're staring at each other, uh, and I know other people are watching it as well. That, well, that's that, what's
1: throwing you off, because we've really been staring fun. at each other this entire time. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that didn't bother we, me. We've had Skype, and that's the only way we've been able to, you know, do this, the way we've been able to do it since end of March. And uh, we've been seeing each other's mugs the entire time. So yeah, but this just, often other people are seeing it as well, just, right. just disconcerting to me. And, I mean, it, it's, it's what what is it, two other people? We had, like, two other people watch it, the other... Uh, right. This show, the Loved other, by Coos. Loved, loved by Lenny and Tom Marino. So, and we... <laughs> you know we didn't promote today so how many people maybe didn't get a notice didn't get a notification um, we're we're dropping the ball on the promotional end of things John Pelk. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 call I'm calling us out publicly right now for all the I can't well, thing, the, the, I can't zero, let you guys
2: shortchange enough. Brian's I assume mother who also checked in I'm assuming that's one of uh, Mark's sisters
1: Yes yes Leslie checked in yes right. she did listen for it and and she sent me a picture she just sent me a text with the progressive, I mean, with the uh, top 10 Super Bowl quarterback Super Bowl. graphic up there and the three talking heads on the side. And the picture that she captured was Tom Brady in a Bucks uniform. It's great. I, I, I'm, a, I, I'm as pleased with myself about that as sort of anything I've ever done in my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, that I, I, that I, shows I,
1: you how little I've accomplished.
0: It's just trolling. I just love it. It's just trolling. All right. We got a lot to talk about today because it looks like we're going to have a baseball season. And I want to talk a little bit about that and what uh, what we can look forward to moving forward. Uh, We're going to have a little epilogue to our deep dive on the Oakland A's of the 1970s. I have a story that I'm going to and I'm, I'm going to attempt to put together this story as an analogy for how we're dealing with things politically. I'm, I'm going okay, to like yeah, yeah, I'm like gonna try it. to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to do that. We're also going to have a potpourri segment where we talk about a, a lot of things, the Mississippi State flag being among them, the, the Bubba Wallace situation uh, uh, as well. Um, the Washington Redskins have removed George Preston Marshall. They're longtime owners from the Ring of Honor. Um, I, irony I'm, I'm about uh, trying to be racially uh, sensitive for the Washington Redskins, my, my boyhood favorite team um and uh, and some other still your favorite well, team i mean still your favorite team it, it is it is but the team that i grew up watching um
1: right um before i knew the interview with a team. long storied history yes yes very and much why you would own. you want to destroy any of that heritage john i just don't i just don't <laughs> people, people won't know people won't know the
0: team <laughs> exists anymore if George <laughs> preston marshall is no longer uh, revered then uh, people won't know that uh, that it existed anyway so we have all those things to talk about but i um, but i'm going to start on a little bit of a downer note,
1: guys. <laughs> do you raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're shocked. Raise your hand if you're shocked, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
0: I think I am a joy. I think I am a joyous day at the beach. Normally, I really do. think Joy filled. I, you are joy filled. I am, as a rule, I am just filled with
1: joy. You really are, as a uh, rule. But <laughs> takes, I, a, takes takes a, take some getting out. Takes some getting out. But uh, as a rule, yeah. you're joy filled.
0: Yeah, it's it's true. Um, and it is, I'm a little melancholy. And um, oh, I, yeah, yeah. Well, but here, here, a couple reasons why, and, and we'll just throw this out there. Uh, Mark and I both work at Universal Studios Florida. That's how I got to Central Florida 30 uh, years ago, and they've had a big round of layoffs, and it's affected some people we've known. So that that's sad. It's just piling on. You know, this year just sucks. Let's be honest. Um, we are literally any other year uh, after further becoming a podcast would be, uh, we would be they'd be picketing our homes, telling us to shut up and stop, please polluting the airwaves, but we were, we're kind of a positive this year. So that's should give you an idea of where the bar on this year has been set. But it's, you know, it's just adding more onto that. We have friends now who are um, unemployed who had navigated uh, the the quarantine relatively well and we yeah. thought things yeah. were going well. So we send out all of our thoughts to anybody who's struggling out there right now. Um, no doubt. Full disclosure, I'm, I'm pretty damn lucky uh, to be uh, as comfortable as I am going through all of this. But here's the thing. I am from Northern Virginia, as you know, I attended Robert E. Lee High School, which is problematic for any number of <laughs> for any number of reasons. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, they have decided Fairfax County Public Schools have decided that they are indeed going to change that name. Now, it should be pointed out that the name Robert E. Lee High School and um, the high school uh, came about during um, segregation and civil rights uh, fight in the 1950s. Uh, the original name of the school was going to be, and, and, I, and I may have even been the first couple of years Lee High School, but then, like many of the high schools that decided to uh, to honor uh, people who were in open rebellion against the flag that everybody says they, uh, they if you kneel for it, it's it's horrible. Apparently, if you kill couple hundred thousand people if if
1: you kill soldiers defending the flag it's fine but if you kneel before it it's not fine i mean that's
0: kill kill soldiers not defending the flag mark kill soldiers in uh defiance of that flag and you put up another flag but anyway neither here nor there i'm going off on a bit of a a tangent but just want to point out they're going to change the name they have a number of names that they are considering um among them cesar chavez high school barack obama high school a, a number of other things so uh when I found out that this was happening, I was I was happy and I I said, you know, well past time, because I believe it is. Um and then so, I made So that didn't make you melancholy. And I no, not at all. But then I made that, that, that classic mistake that you make while while surfing the internet machine, guys. I started to read the comments. Ah. Now obviously Johnny. everybody Everybody on the White Citizens Council was out, just up in arms, and and all the people so worried that children won't know that there was a civil war now that there's not a a three thousand person high school in Northern Virginia named after a, a traitor. Uh, so you know, and I, I guess you know, I, I can't argue with that logic. Um, and it didn't bother me. I knew that was coming, but there was a there was a well meaning comment that that really, to me, illustrates the problem that we have right now. And that is, uh, by the way, the, the the leading name that they're going to is Legacy High School. I don't even know what the hell that's supposed to mean, but but okay. Um, wow. Yeah, and uh, w- 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 there's actually a movement afoot to name it after a long, the longtime athletic, uh, not athletic director, but assistant principal. He was there for a long time. and was a football coach um beloved uh, jack bumgarner passed away a couple of years ago and i love the idea of naming schools after educators that were you know i i find that a really cool thing to do as opposed to people you know who've never been to the high school or in some cases never attended high school who knows um but the the well-meaning comment said um well i certainly approve of them changing the name but why would you name it after barack obama or cesar chavez um, nothing against those gentlemen, but isn't the reason people got upset about this racism? And why would we want to stoke those fires any further? After I got through driving my head through a wall, I thought, here, here's the, the problem in a nutshell. Somebody who's afraid to have the conversation, afraid to get involved with... Uh, With these folks that are opposed to this, instead of engaging, well, let's not name it anything that'll piss them off any further. And I think the point that we've tried to make on this show again and again and again is the the discussion is what's important. And if those people want to fight against that, now, I don't know that it would end up being any of those names. I hope it ends up being Jack Bumgarner High School or Central Springfield High School, whatever they want to call it. Um, but I thought that made me melancholy and sad, Mark, because I thought one of the things that we were learning, whatever side of the political divide we're on, is that. The discussion is okay. We can have the uncomfortable conversations. In fact, that's how we solve problems. And the fact that this was a well-meaning, you know, I, I did what we all do. I went on the site to see if, you know, you know. Um, and it wasn't, it was, it was somebody who, uh, you know, had
1: really what I consider. You, you stalked her. You stalked her for a bit.
0: <laughs> um, wasn't a woman. Uh, so I did not, I did not. I didn't do a Greenberg. I didn't, uh, Joel Greenberg. Um, <laughs> Look it up, people. Orlando Sentinel top story. Um, Mark and I used to work with. Him. <laughs> uh, but but it just it just can you get it? Why why I was melancholy, Mark? Because I looked at that and I thought this is the wrong sentiment. I mean, I I don't even really have people having a problem with it being called Barack Obama high school or Cesar Chavez high school. I I would have no issue with that. But I get that. But being unwilling to being being afraid that you're going to piss off the racists, which is essentially what they said. We're never going to educate each other
1: if we don't engage. And I just that made me melancholy. Your feelings? Well, I think, uh, you know, there's no doubt. And, and maybe what they meant more than racism was um, lightning rod kind of figures that involve well, race. Well, a quote,
0: And I'll yeah. misquote it a little bit. But it was, you know, didn't didn't people get upset be, because of for racial reasons why would we stoke those fires anymore so it was it it was seriously a racial comment i you know it it, and i don't think that person was a racist i think they are just like and i'm sorry to keep cutting you off mark but well it is a show and so that's what yeah it's 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 a wednesday it's my whole thing about more some people are more upset about discussions of racism than they are actual racism and it just sort of illustrated that. that to me again
1: i just think you know the thing is is that you know barack obama is a divisive figure sure. and primarily because he was a president of the United States. Now, you know, again, my tendency is to is to is to do, do the what about kind of kind of uh, argument, which is which is, you know, what about when when they named highways or airports after Ronald Reagan? Right. No one had a problem with that. I had he a huge a problem with that. He, he, well, I had an enormous was, problem with that, Yeah, but you weren't loud about it and you weren't on you know you weren't screaming about it like like these. folks are doing it. S- I sent Barack a pony. Ex- I sent a pony express rider out with my uh, objections daily, with your objections, and and who are you objecting to? Are you objecting to just the forces that uh, that deem names no, for highways and airports? I just I just asked the pony express rider to ride through uh, all the towns and uh, inform people that I was unhappy with it. That's all.
0: That well, was the internet was of my that. day. So, that was the internet so of my you, day.
1: I understand that and uh, and good for you to take advantage of what you had uh, at your disposal, but I think that there's you know there is a divisive thing. it does appear a little bit on on the surface to tell you the truth. My first reaction is Cesar chavez is is kind of random, you know what I mean even barack obama it 's like it 's almost as if they 're trying to make up for something let 's just let 's just well, realize- get rid of the- Here's
0: the can I and I I I don't disagree with Chavez necessarily, but, but realize with Barack Obama, I live in Northern Virginia, right outside of D.C. So literally every president is there's a name well, every single president. And,
1: have, and that was my original point, and all that. And and that was my original point is that you know you have a Ronald Reagan, you you probably have a Gerald Ford. Gerald, you know, junior high school somewhere, you may have a, you may even wow. have a Millard Fillmore. You may like have a it. Millard Fillmore. I don't know I, if you have a Millard Fillmore J, junior high school somewhere, yeah, but it was, yes, yeah, it, yeah. it makes sense. If it's a president, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. You, you know, but at the same point, at the same time, it also seemed, it it also just seems like it's a little over the top, like just get rid of the Robert E. Lee. You don't need to make up for it by, by throwing a, 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 um, prominent person of color in our history there just get rid of the name and do something that's education related and that doesn't have to then stir anything up to to your point about solving the problem let's solve the problem let's get to the point where we don't tear down george washington and even christopher columbus or any you know let let's get down to the place where we're actually just talking about monuments to traitors of the country who were killing soldiers who were defending the flag that people are upset about when people kneel that right. to me is the issue get and and anything extraneous dilutes the conversation gets in the weeds and to me that was my first reaction with cesar chavez and even barack obama uh, but i but but her comment i can understand why her comment again uh, it, it was, it, was uh, not made, a woman I'm not sure. I mean, I you're
0: obviously your proclivities. I do Yes, uh, evidently, to, I'm just it's assuming. Impossible for you to understand that a man he would have said, said that. You must said
1: something early on, and and you said there was a comment, and you must have you must have used a, a pronoun. A, let's let's go feminine. to the tape. You, you you used a feminine pronoun. At any rate, that comment, yes, it that, the, the what she's what he is trying to say. I think I is that too. why are you why are you then renaming it? over a person of color when you know what's that what what is that about is that just an extra added i'm sorry for having this name of robert e lee for 50 years it's fine it's just that i'm trying to semi defend that person and also semi help you not feel melancholy about that you know what i mean i don't think that that it's it's a you don't have to make me feel better i just want your 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 opinion the problem is what what you really want to
0: say i'm with the
1: little lady this medium. is this is this is the this is the issue I have is that we should really try and find the triggers that trigger others in the conversation and we should avoid those triggers we should try and have a conversation. We have all talked about that. We probably agree on 80 percent of the issues out there. We get into the weeds. If someone says, you know, you have to admit you're, you, what you did one, one time, John, and, and you, you, you copped to that and you're proud of it and you're happy about it. But you said you won't have a conversation with anyone until they admit the white privilege they have. Well, that is a trigger for some people. And now you can't have a conversation. To me, that's not a hill worth dying on. You know what okay. I'm saying? Right. To me, it's like, and and to me, unfortunately, Barack Obama, <laughs> ridiculously, is a trigger. You know, now Ronald Reagan was a bit of a trigger for for us back in the day, but um, and still so paying, was George still W. Back the price in the day. for that presidency. Good God! <laughs> and so so was George W. back in the day, and and you know, fast forward six years. And we're going to be giving him a standing ovation if he endorses Joe Biden at the convention. So it's like, let's, right. let's have okay. the conversation and not worry about the triggers and try and get to a place where we can solve the problem. And in this case, the, the problem is it's, you know, let, let's name it after Madison Baumgartner's father and call it a day.
2: Well, why don't why don't they make it a trigger worth triggering for and call it Harriet Tubman High School? And then you're you're making a point with a person of color from that era that was pretty much, if you could find a polar opposite of the opinion of Robert E. Lee, you would be able to nail it. And then they say, why'd they name it Harriet Tubman? Well, it used to be Robert E. Lee, but because of the fact that he fought a war for slavery, we went ahead and went with Harriet Tubman.
0: That's fair. I just, just for me. I love that. To me, that's the perfect thing. It's just historically me, relevant. But it, again, you know, just for me, Mark and, and Jeff, is, is it's, it's the idea that, and, 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 I, and it's not that I completely disagree with you, Mark, but these conversations are going to be uncomfortable. And I think we have to stop trying to avoid that. That's just my opinion, and that's why I was no, melancholy.
1: I agree with you wholeheartedly, John, but I think part of the uncomfortability is us refraining from... From from things that we ha- that, you know, that uh, allow uh, that deny us from even talking at all. In other Baby. words, if we if we can't have a conversation without the other person admitting that they have white privilege, then that's uncomfortable for us. If we really think that that's important, which you do. And I totally uh, I mean, I do agree with you on that, but it's like in terms of a conversation. That would be our uncomfortability. You see what I'm saying? That's our uncomfortability that we're going to have a conversation with these folks, and and they're not comfortable admitting that they have white privilege, and yet we're still going to have a conversation. That puts us in an uncomfortable position. And so I agree with you about those conversations, but it's got to work both ways, Mm. you know. And that's all
0: I'm saying is that. I think sometimes... we've lost the Rubicon, frankly, when it comes to that. That's just me. We've spent too much time on this, frankly. And I, <laughs> and I, I like Harriet Tubman. I think Harriet I do Tubman too. Is perfect. I, I do too. Uh, and let's to get her ready. on the twenty
1: dollar bill. Absolutely, while we're at
0: it. that's right. And, and wipe Andrew Jackson from the memory of all of those who live in this great country. For the love of God, <laughs> finally. Ugh.
1: And yeah, I mean, all right, you know, all right. Anyway, we can talk about this forever. All right. Anyway, I think she but, deserves
2: uh, a larger bill than that, but that's just me.
1: See, well, yeah, see, give, given the fact, it, given the fact, it'll be in le- less in circulation then, Jeff. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to. Yeah, gonna but say, it'll mean so much. Given the fact where so everybody's finances
0: are now, m- maybe the 20 might be too high of a circulated bill because we ain't going to be seeing many of those anymore. Oh, my God. They'll be like Polly. He ain't going to see him no more. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on to a progressive trivia, Mark Ferrero. Son's PowerPoint, which yeah. I know
1: disappoints you. Um, it does. I, I I was on it, and I did not have enough time to finish it. Friday we will have visual aids for our progressive trivia. Our production values will go up yet another notch. On after further review, coming up Friday. And again, the notch, the uh, where we started is very very low. No notches. Zero notches. Right. We're notchless. Then we had one notch with the uh, the top ten quarterbacks. Okay. We had some other notches with uh, with Jeff being able to put uh, comments. Yeah, as lower thirds on the screen, which was highly cool, if you ask me. And uh so Jeff did some nice work uh going back and forth, switching back and forth. You you were kind of a switcher. You were a director in that show when I when I looked back on it during during the uh top ten. Congratulations, Jeff. Well done. Looking for an NFL player, past or present, his playoff passer rating, roughly twenty points lower than his regular season passer rating. He won a total of 14 games as a three-year starter in college. It's not a lot of games, John Pelkey, three years. As how, a, many, th- how many?
0: Fourteen. Fourteen games in three years.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's, that's less than five per year. Average, Thank you for doing the math. If you're doing the math. He has uh, thrown for roughly 1,000 yards in the playoffs and during one season led the league in pass attempts. Pretty, uh, pretty nebulous. Wow. Interesting.
2: So she wasn't good in college, you're
0: saying?
1: Well, he didn't play on a good team. See, that's that's the key. He didn't play with a good team. He obviously was pretty good. Huh. Okay. We'll have to think about that now. So, uh, playoff passer rating roughly 20 points lower than regular season passer rating. Won a total of 14 games as a three-year starter in college thrown for roughly a thousand yards in the playoffs and in one season led the league in pass attempts. Okay. All right. Well, I have no guess and it'll be a lot more fun. It'll be a lot more fun when we have the visual aid up there, because then we can just, then our listeners and our viewers, (laughs) listeners (laughs) and our viewers can see what is, is happening there and they Uh, they can visually look at it like it was in the club. My My whole, my whole, my whole vision, John, yeah. is to make this show, you know, exactly like the club.
0: Well, that that show's never going to exist <laughs> ever again. So that's probably yeah. a good that that show is uh, Does that yeah. does that ever come back? Does that no, show ever come I, back? I I cannot imagine that that would ever come back. They've been looking to do that for years over there anyway. They're they're upset they have to put sports on the TVs, let alone have us there talking about it. Are so you me?
2: your vision Care is to have me in the other room producing a different show is uh, that's that's what I'm getting from that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 not not quite that far, Jack. Not quite that far. <laughs> all right, all right. So
0: that's the progressive trivia. Fun stuff. I'm going to think about that. That's going to that's going to bother me because I I should the college thing should be a giveaway for me. I was, not but, was... but I don't yet know if it's a uh, uh, retired player or not. So, so he did, you he, did, did throw, uh, he,
2: he did throw he uh, he did throw he has thrown he he did kind of make it sound like it's a person that's still playing.
0: Yeah, but he's not E.B. White. I can imagine he'd make a tense mistake while trying to give a quote or something. So, because I did that, I did that today. I was texting somebody and I changed tense in the middle of a
1: of a of a, uh, of a sentence. I'm usually, I'm usually pretty good at that when I'm thinking yeah. about that when I'm either trying to throw someone off or trying to give a clue as to whether they're past or present. But I was in such a rush today trying to get the PowerPoint up, yeah, and failing and failing because I thought of it too late.
0: I thought yeah. of it too late. It's okay. It's okay. But no, I I, I literally had I spent more time apologizing to the person that I'd switched tense in this uh <laughs> in in this text. And then I was called out for that. And oh, then, really and, and then I was called out for it's like, you know, you you don't have to try to impress me. And then I'd like had some other huge sentence out there and then realized after I'd sent that that now I'm verbose as well as uh yeah, it's trying to trying to hold up the faux area edition that I project is yeah. it is. It it's is not easy. It's heavy it's not lifting. Easy. It's heavy lifting. People think John I John know Murphy. shit. I don't know anything. But in fact, I spend so
1: much time making people believe you do.
0: I know a I lot know. of time. And stepped, Let's... step stepped on another joke there, by the way, Leno. <laughs> so I'm just in the middle. I mean, I think looking at me, you would see that I'm,
1: you know, I'm kind of. He's got, got a punchline, and then it's like, I, can't I can't tell. Why, which, I can't which, tell.
0: Robert E. Lee. It's, it's constant
1: verbosity from you. I can't tell whether it's just yet another point or a joke. I'm sorry. I mean, I haven't, I, saw, I haven't gotten there yet. Sorry about that. But go ahead. Let's saw, see if we can do the joke
0: again. I saw a constant verbosity open for the DBs at the 9:30 Club. So there you go. By the way, the 9:30 Club was streaming stuff live online, concerts that they had and stuff. Thank you. I'm getting I'm getting credit. Somebody's giving me credit for using an E B white reference. Come on, we all had the elements of style, right? So we thought we, we could we, write properly.
1: We certainly did. Tenth grade English.
0: Drunken White. All right. Let's 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 cleanse ourselves momentarily.
1: You're just saying it, a prayer.
0: It looks not in decades. It looks like baseball is back for sixty games. And I, for one, I'm pretty darned excited about it because it is going to be a sprint to the finish, essentially, for Major League Baseball. And I think it has the
1: possibility of giving baseball kind of a little bit of a shot in the arm, Mark. Would you agree? I agree. agree. It's going to, to your point, you know, you say during all the baseball season, I think I'm probably more of a baseball fan than you in terms of checking in during the regular season. You have your check-in times. Yeah. April, you know, mid July. You know, <laughs> I do,
0: I do watch late MLB's, August. I do watch MLB's whip
1: around thing where they jump back. I, I do find
0: myself yeah. watching that. But as far as like even even my teams watching complete games from them, I, I don't get a lot of that after April, and you know, and then a week and, after and the, the standings, games.
1: even the standings. Kind of you kind of check in in April. Yeah. You check in around the All Star break. I, and you and you check in mid to late August when the when the pennant race is even <laughs> up.
0: I'm not quite that bad. I mean, I, I keep track. I, I mean, I know, you know, I know to check around June 5th when the Orioles have been mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. <laughs> right. And right, then, you right. know, in the Nationals, I stick around with them because they, you know, they're a good ball club. Certainly the defending, defending World, defending Series, World Series champion. How about Not going to go so, back uh, to back. I predict that right. I'm predicting right now they will not go back to
1: back. But well, it's, let's talk a little bit. Of, go ahead. Do you know how many National League teams have actually won back to back playoffs? I'm sorry. Back to back World, World series? series. Yeah, uh, in the last, well, let's say let's say the last almost hundred years. Basically, hundred years. I would say the 1976
0: or 75, 76 Cincinnati Reds.
1: They're the only ones. Yeah, yep. that's what I
0: thought. Yeah, and there you go. Well, Man. A,
2: I'll tell you what. It's been a while. I feel like it's coming again because we lost huh? our we, the proverbial we. Lost our star player again, and we tend to win World Series when the star player goes away. And short (laughs) seasons for Strasburg and Scherzer, sounds good to me. All right.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a possibility. It's certainly a possibility. And I want to talk about in the potpourri, I'm going to talk about who the two leading contenders to get to the World Series are, according to Las Vegas, and why, despite what I've said on every sports show I've ever done, I would 100% be in favor of this being the matchup. But we'll talk about that later. Let's talk a little about the season. Um, the one thing that I found disappointing uh, with the season is that they're going to go with a standard playoff format. Yeah.
1: There's yeah, not going to be an to expanded, be expanded
0: playoff because I thought they could really put together a great tournament um, if, they, if they expanded the playoffs. Um, a lot of blame going to the players for this because they required that Major League Baseball put forth, or they they go with the uh, what they had said they were going to do back in April or March or wherever it was. Um, but I, it's just disappointing me as a fan because I think While I do believe that the the shortened season and the race to the playoffs is going to be a lot of fun, I think having more teams in that playoff at the end of the season really, really could have been a boost for baseball. So I'm going to give no, them I'm a, disappointed. I'm going to give them a B on putting this together this way.
1: Well, yeah. That I think that's fair. Maybe a B plus just for finally getting their heads out of their collective sure. asses. Sure. Absolutely. And uh, what are you and, really about Tony Clark right now. Tony Clark, right now, you're feeling I'm um he's 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 at about a B minus. Okay. Me, no, well that's good. Which, which is an improvement from his D plus. Uh for a while he was a B plus when he anyway. when he threw the first gauntlet out there and said just tell us when to play. He's right. been a B minus lately 'cause he has been ab minus because he has not followed that up in in my opinion uh, in in a smart way for major league baseball for the players association or for the, or for baseball at all but uh my feelings about him aren't as horrific as they have been having said that it's a 60 game season i'm i'm disappointed as well that they didn't expand it to 16 games it would've been a lot of fun but i am excited uh, because to your point it is a sprint and a lot more people the people like you, John Pelkey, who check in four times a year before the before the playoffs start, they're going to be involved in this baseball season a lot more than they normally have because well, sixty and games for
0: sports too. You know, it's just it's the yes. perfect
1: storm to get people you know engaged. And 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 to your point, I'm very excited because uh, as we know, um, I have as I have actually twice as much um, evidence and a body of collected. Um, work and a body of work to judge this from than you do, Jeff, about uh, every time the Nationals lose a star player, they win a World Series. Every time Gabe Kapler manages a Major League Baseball team for the first 80 games, they overachieve. Right? They overachieve in a major, major way that surprises all of the pundits. And he doesn't even have to have that bar to hit this year. All he has to do is have his team overachieve for sixty games, and based on the body of work, looks like that will happen. So I'm very happy as he is the manager of the San Francisco. That'll make Giants. for a great LCS. I, I, I love the fact that we're we're having baseball. I hope everything works out. There's still a lot of variables out there with the virus and with protocols and with um, additional spikes now in half the half the country. Uh, You know, we're still at a place, John, Jeff, that we still don't know. I I think I was expressing optimism the last show that a lot of these spikes are with younger people and the mortality rates going down. And I was relatively certain of that and relatively certain that everyone agreed with that. But, of course, now over the last two days, as these cases keep going up, well, sure enough, as you know, because deaths and hospitalizations are delayed, We're starting to see surges in that and we're starting to see the problems or at least potentially the problems that New York City and the tri-state area were having and Western Europe were having in the early parts of this uh, this pandemic. And I just hope that I just hope that that can be mitigated and that we can contain it and control it and finally get ahead of it at least enough where, you know, the, the mortality rate isn't horrible and at least an amount so that we can have some outdoor we can go to a ball game. I want to yeah. go to a ball game, John Pelkey. I want to be able to sit three or four seats away from someone, wear a mask, you know, have someone give me a beer, probably a hot dog, and call it a, and and watch a game yeah i agree i I mean I would that like seems that seems safe I, to that seems safe to me if every if everything else is going in a positive direction, which, of course, is up for grabs. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. I think testing in Florida is up 38 percent, but positive tests are up 88 percent from that
1: testing. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're still in the well, midst of things, and we'll see. And I, and I want to I put away that argument about more tests equal more cases. New York City has 174,000 tests per million. That leads, that's twice as much as the country. Mm-hmm. That's as much as as the best countries in the world have done the the spains the 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 france's of the world 174,000 tests per million and their case numbers per day you know 25th 26th 27th continue to go down and down and down and down so one thing has zero to do with the other let's put that argument to bed all right well let's talk a little about the upcoming season
0: and what we can look forward to the first thing is uh, i did a little research on this as to what baseball experts were projecting your team would need to do to get to the playoffs right where is how many games is it going to take how many wins is it going to take where are we where could we most likely find uh where our teams uh need to be and as best as i can see it mark the teams that make the playoffs are going to win between 43 and 33 and 43 games. Now this is based on the fact that the best 50 game winning percentage over the last three seasons has been the Los Angeles Dodgers. And that prorated to a 60 game season would be 43 wins. And that sort of also is in keeping with kind of yearly projections within, within a game or two, if you, if you go back five or six seasons, and then the worst winning percentage uh, of a playoff team is at 549, and that would be 33 victories. So the cool thing about that, if you think about it, is, that, you know, you're going to be within 10 games uh, of, of all of those teams. Um, you're not going to have a situation where a team was 22 games better than somebody else in the playoffs. Now, I don't know really what that storyline is going to tell us because we with, with such a shortened um, uh, uh, set of clues as to how good a team is, but I thought that was really interesting. That it's thirty three
1: to forty three is uh, is where it sits, and, and and that's not bad, you know, in terms of an average. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, let's just look at last year after sixty games. Last year after sixty games, if you look at the standings. You've got uh, in the American League, the Yankees, the Twins, and Houston are leading, and they'd automatically make the playoffs. And, of course, it's five teams in each league. They're keeping it to 10 teams total. The wild cards, the Rays, of course, having a great year. They were 35 and 23. They would have automatically qualified. But the next two teams, there's Boston is 31 and 29. Texas is 30 and 28. Cleveland is 30 and 30. So Boston has played 60 games. They've won 31. Texas, even if yeah, two more games. So it looks like it looks like last year, thirty-one games would qualify for the second wild card, which is just barely over five hundred. Right. And in that same article you read, they were they were assuming around five games over five hundred would be about where people would land, and that's where 33, 33 is six right. games over. Right. And and then
0: they and they said, and I should point out that they said you know it could be a game or two on either side of that is like so you could get a forty-five win team or, or, or again to your point a thirty-one win team.
1: Um, yeah. And, and uh, last year, you know, 33 was the, the final wild card last year in the in the National League. And uh, as a matter of fact, after 60 games last year, to my point, the Philadelphia Phillies were in first place in the <laughs> National League East. The Bryce Harper under, led Philadelphia. Under the Philly. direction of Gabe Kapler now with the San <laughs> Giants.
0: All right. So I think I think that's kind of fun and it gives us a good place as we're starting to watch games. Um, uh, to kind of gauge how our team's doing because you know, Mark, in regular baseball season, you have a five-game losing streak. Eh. You have a five-game losing streak in a sixty-game season that could do you in. Yeah, I mean, that could yeah, yeah, be yeah. the first five games of the season. There you, know, you go. Yeah, you go two and seven out of the
1: block, and uh, you could just be done for. No, I know they. You know how they always say you you, you don't. You don't win an, a pennant in April, but you can lose a pennant in april what? well you 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 will you will win a pennant in April this year and you will lose a pennant right. in April this year i mean if you're not if if you don't get off to a hot start john, or at least maintain five hundred for the first twenty games or so yeah you're done yeah yeah it's it, it's it's
0: really going to make it interesting that's why it's, it's fun it, you've got to tune in every night because it's like holy crap. That the Orioles have dropped two in a row. Uh, I got to watch this third game because if they drop that, well, then, you know, I'm not going to order my Orioles playoff stuff.
1: The good news, John, is that this year, despite the fact that they will probably be eliminated from playoff contention before game 30, at least it will be in August. It won't be June right. that they get el- it'll be August. So I can't that's use a, the joke. I always
0: plot. lose. I can't use the joke. I always use it. This is the latest point in the season where the Orioles have not been eliminated. Normally, I do that about June eleventh. That's my point. All right. It, it, okay. Fine. Now, a couple other things, and I want to get through. I want to get through this stuff because uh, there's a lot of fun stuff. You know about them? They're going to use the minor league extra innings uh, formula. Did you see this? I did. I did. All right. I want to get you both to chime in on this. For people who don't know, the minor league extra innings. Situation works this way in any inning after the ninth, the 10th inning on the inning begins with a player, uh, a, a player on the team that's now on offense because it wouldn't make any sense. Otherwise on second base, somebody, you've got a runner on second base. Mm-hmm. Now he would not be an earned run for the pitcher. So that kind of messes with earned run average and stuff. It would be, if he scored, it would be scored as a, as if it were an error sort of situation. Um, but they're going to do that to try to expedite extra innings cuz obviously you don't want to be playing too many 16 inning games in a 60 game season where you don't really have many days off. Um I initially read it and I was really surprised because baseball is monolithic in in its trying to change. But one of the, the, the one of the joys of baseball is that you can compare statistics from different eras. Um taking away the dead ball era and and and, and giving Credence to the the idea that African Americans weren't in the game until 1947, um, but you, you can compare uh, statistics because it didn't change that much. I'm really surprised that baseball decided to go with this, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Well, I think it's fine this year because yeah. none of the statistics will matter this year,
0: right? So right. Uh, I wouldn't advocate it for a 162 game season, but I'm thinking in a no, 60 game not. season. I think it it, it adds more. It,
1: drama a, to the a season. pitchers era or whatever it is it doesn't everyone's good it, this is a one-off year no one's going to care about this no one's going to set any records unless it's you know records for um, uh, you know uh, for, for for um maybe may, i mean you could still get you could still win the consecutive hits one which is what 56 games yeah boy that you'll do that if you get a hit in every game except three, that would be a lot of fun. You could still do a few of the records out there, but you're you not going to you know get how, any records, obviously. You know how we would always say when we're doing a game over at Sports Complex that like, a guy would get a
0: hit in the first or second inning, and the joke would always be, there goes the no-hitter. Well, yeah. honestly, uh, uh, it's like after by if we get to game five, it's like Joe DiMaggio can pop the cork because there are only 55 games left in the season, <laughs> so nobody's going to have the 56-game hitting. We will know. If Joe Dimaggio's record is safe, less than a week into the season,
1: yeah, that's true. That's true, and <laughs> and every other record is obviously safe as well. well so, yeah, I I think that's a good idea. They-
0: there is one; it's not a record, but there is one milestone that I want to talk about. Individual milestone that is that it is possible could be broken, and that is somebody could hit four hundred. That's true. Now that's true. It's not likely because only one player has hit over four hundred in the first sixty games of a season. That's the other thing we think was the first sixty games of the season. Yeah. And there George are players uh, no, uh it's Chipper Jones, actually, in uh, wow. two thousand and eight. He hit four oh eight through the first sixty games of the season. You would think wow. you would think both of us would know that working Brave Spring training all those years, but I I was not I did not have that memory. So it's unlikely but that is probably the one that, that there's certainly a possibility, and it, it's a bit of a, um, a wild card, uh, for lack of a better term, because uh, everybody's coming in with a lot less, um, a lot less spring training, a lot less workout, and teams haven't played together. So the possibility that you know some you could you could end up with pitchers who aren't warmed up until two or three weeks into the season, that somebody could just get off on on a on a tear. Uh, and and hit 400. I, that's the only one that I would say, because you know, obviously the ones where you're compiling numbers, but but hitting for average in something is something you could you could well, actually. Well, and
1: obviously they're not going to count that. They're going to have like double triple asterisks for that. If if right. someone does finish over 400, it won't be a real statistic in that sense. But it could but it could happen, and it'd be a lot of fun to see. Now, I didn't read to see if the if the playoffs included this. Minor league extra inning rule. They, are they it does not. Continue? Regular season. Okay. Just regular Good. season. Yeah. And that's why I approved of it because I thought, well, it's yeah. kind
0: of really fun uh, to yeah. do in a shortened season. It also should be pointed out when it comes to the 400 that, that the last 10 years, the guy who came closest to doing that in 60 games was Cody Bellinger, and he was hitting 376. So it's, you know, it's, it, that's just sort of a fun thing to watch. It'd be, it'd be, it would be, that would, I, baseball has a tendency to have these things happen where, uh, when it seems like uh, interest is waning, something helps push it over, uh, get it back into the consciousness. Certainly, the sixty-game season, and then if somebody did have an assault on four hundred, even though it would be an asterisk assault, it would be kind of fun. But uh, yeah, I yeah, I wouldn't bet on it. Uh, pro-rated, by the way, in case you're, you're scoring at home. And why would you be scoring? It's a podcast. Um, pro-rated, a fifty-home run year would. Uh, would translate to eighteen and a half home runs. So if somebody hits twenty, yeah, in this sixty-game season, yeah, then you know that's going to be like a fifty-four
1: home run year. Ah, you know, I don't, I don't put any stock in that. I don't. Well, put any I mean, in
0: but, it, but but it, but it would be hitting home it's runs like if you have two home runs the first play. game.
1: That that's you know you're going to hit three hundred. 20 home runs, right? you know what I mean? But I'm just saying,
0: if we come to the end of the season and somebody has 20 or 22 home runs, you can look at that and and say, and and listen, we know people go through slumps and everything, but you could look at that and say, given what the, you know, it's prorated, it's math, that you, you're you going to have a pretty damn good over 50 home run season. And just You know, I'm just throwing that out there. You don't like it, I get it. Well, no, no, it's
1: okay. Uh, I think Matt Williams had 43 home runs um in 1994 when they, and they cut the season off what mid april in that mm-hmm. and uh, obviously that was before Maguire and Sosa and the like and Mid-April. so they not uh, not mid april I'm sorry, mid-August, that's what because I said, if he had, had that many that would, in mid-April. That would have been remarkable. Yeah. That would have certainly been w- worth noting. But I people mean, noted that, but they good. quickly forgot about it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's 43 home runs in the end. But, yes, it, it, you know, the Montreal Expos were set to set set records in terms of how many victories they had in the season. There's all kinds of things happening. Um, yeah, but if someone has 18 or 20, it's like, good start. But we've seen, that, we've seen that multiple times where, you know, they get off to a fast start and it's – you know, and that's what it is. It's all about What if the it's Buster start? Posey, it's of- Mark. What if it's Buster Posey? Who has if, it's, 22 if, if, home if it's Buster, runs? Buster then is Posey. It,
0: then is it immediately to the Hall of Fame pre-retirement for Buster oh, Posey? Oh, he's all, he's, all, he's already in the Hall of Fame. It no, but I mean, they don't that. even wait for him to retire. He's, he becomes the first player put in on an active. He's inducted in between games of a Twinite doubleheader.
1: <laughs> if they ever had a Twinite doubleheader anymore, uh, <laughs> maybe perhaps they would do well, that. But With uh, rainouts, they may need him this year. If he... Yeah, I agree. If he has 18 home runs after 60 games, pretty sure Gabe Kapler has done his, done his <laughs> duty, done, done what we have seen him do every single time out as a manager.
0: Interesting, and one more interesting statistic before we get uh, we we get away from this. I I just I'm I'm just really excited about it. Frankly, it's just so fun to start looking at numbers in baseball. But uh, only one player in Major League Baseball history has hit 20 home runs and stolen 20 bases in the first 60 games of a season. Oh, that's a fun stat. Yeah, you know who it was?
1: Um, Barry Bonds.
0: No. Jimmy Rollins. Rollins. What's that, Jeff? J. Roll. Nope. A. Rod. Eric Davis, ooh right. Eric Davis in '87. He was a forgotten 80, 87? guy. Eighty-seven, yeah, eighty-seven. Eric Davis was twenty. That's right, had twenty and twenty in the first sixty games of a season. So that that's something fun to, to to keep in mind as we're as we're uh,
1: dialing. up baseball. I remember that very well. And oh was yeah. Like, wow, this guy, this guy is another. This the guy's the next Willie Mays. Yeah, and sadly, he wasn't. Yeah.
0: He was for a couple of years. He was made like yeah. for for a bit there, but then yeah, it didn't it didn't pan out. So that's it. The sixty game season of Major League Baseball with uh, with augmentations for regular season extra innings and uh, and the assault on four hundred begins with Mark says the double asterisk. Um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, Nana, N- N- Nana's got a problem with me
1: commenting on all these. I
0: really, I'm I'm doing the Brett Musburger. You're
1: it's, looking it's, live. It's, it's, it's the uh, it's the Buster Posey stuff. That's what oh, you're fixing for. Okay, four. all right. It's yeah, the Buster Posey right. stuff. You have just this inexplicable hatred for Buster Posey. Is he going to be it just? It's just did, we we have no idea where it comes from.
0: Do they have a? Do they have like a geodesic dome that they put over him for the sixty games so that uh, he can't actually? No one will be able, be able to, hurt to touch him. Buster Posey will in hurt any him. way, shape, or form.
1: Oh, Good lord! God. All right, let's move on to our progressive trivia. We're looking for a. NFL football player Mark, go ahead. All right. First set of clues: My playoff passer rating roughly 20 points lower in the regular season than his regular season passer rating. So he is a 20 uh, in in the playoffs. His passer rating is 20 points higher than his regular season. Uh, he won a total of 14 games as a three-year starter in college. That's not good. That's less than five games a season. And then John, because I throw these ones out for John, because John really does have an uh, extra special gift when it comes to college football. <laughs> I mean, he, real, he really favorite. does. It's my favorite Yes. Uh, let's see. I've thrown for roughly 1,000 yards in the playoffs and during one season led the league in pass attempts. He was a first-round pick in the National Football League. He played in one bowl game in his college career. That was the Alamo Bowl. The Alamo Bowl. He's a two-time Pro Bowler, and he has 12 games over 500 as a starter in the National Football League. So there it is. It is not Dak Prescott. Good guess. And, and remember, if you're watching it, I know some of you are, are, are listening to it uh, online right now. If you're watching it at all, and you can chime in, or if, or if you can look at your phone while you're walking or running, chime in with a guess. We will put it on the air. We will put it not only – not only we will give you love, but Jeff will make it a lower third, much like the, the Nana lower 3rd among are you fixing for a fight? So chime in on that. You want me to do the, the eight guesses? I mean, the eight clues again? What do you think? Uh, yeah, go run through them one more time. See, that's why it's going to be so fun to have right, the because we point. Just Move keep on. it up there. My playoff passer rating is roughly 20 points lower than my regular season passer rating, so I, I apologize for that. It's at 20 points lower in the playoffs than it is in the regular season. He won a total of 14 games as a three-year college starter. He has thrown for roughly 1,000 yards in the playoffs during one season, led the league in pass attempts. First-round draft pick, played in one bowl game. That was the Alamo Bowl, two-time Pro Bowler. And he is 12 games over 500 as a starter in the National Football League. There it is.
0: Damn, I was going to guess, but I think. The two-time Pro Bowler threw me off. Mm. All right. That's a good one. That's a very good one. I I approve. I thought I had it with Dak. But that Mississippi State team, actually, I think he won 10 games one
1: year. So I can't can't imagine. That's, That's a great transition. What's that? The team he played for. Oh, and what we're going to talk about next.
0: Well, we're not actually going to talk about that next. Oh, uh, my, bad. my bad. No, that's OK. We are going to talk <laughs> I mean, about Mississippi State in a bit in, that, in okay. the potpourri segment of the show. But first, I want to revisit our deep dive. We should let everybody know that we're doing deep dive shows where we take one subject in sports history and we uh, we do in, we do an entire show to it. And I did it last week with the Oakland A's. Mark will be doing it next Friday with the Big Red Machine. And uh, we've gotten some really nice feedback that people have enjoyed it. So, please, we want to keep hearing that feedback. Uh, but people seem to have really had, had a good time with this. And we promise we will do something other than 70s baseball at some point. Yes, not, we not, some, I'm not even promising point. after the Reds that we won't do more 70s baseball. But I want to jump back to the, the A's um, deep dive because I want to, I want to uh, talk about a little anecdote that I think we can use in some way, we can, we can twist this into a bit of a metaphor for what we're going through now. One of the, one of the things that's most disappointing about our politics now uh, and discourse about our politics now is that we will discount anything that comes from certain people. On, on the right, if Barack Obama said it, it was wrong. And on the left, if Donald Trump says it, it's wrong. And I have been guilty of that as well. And I think you have to be careful because life isn't black and white. And not every. Pro- I think everyone on this show would agree that even the worst presidents have some positive things that they've done. Even the worst yes. politicians generally have some positive things that you can, you can throw out there about them. Um, I bring this up because when free agency came along in Major League Baseball in 1976, essentially, Andy Messersmith, Dave McNally, challenge the reserve clause in Major League Baseball, which was a clause that said if a player and a team could not come to a contract, uh, come to an agreement on a contract, that the player, uh, that the team had the right to re-sign the player at the contract, that the previous contract um, for a year. Now, for many years, Major League Baseball had read that as every year that that comes up, every year that it would come up you and I can't make it. I'm playing for the Royals. We we can't come to a contract decision. Uh, that We both agree. The Royals are just going to resign me for another year with the contract that I had. Maybe they'll give me a bump. That's completely up to them. And uh, again, Major League Baseball thought if next year comes along and the same thing happens, they can do the very same thing. So basically what it was, Mark was your contract was just really a series of one year contracts at a point in perpetuity. Um, they, that was challenged by uh Andy Messersmith of the Dodgers Dave McNally of the Montreal Expos and eventually they won through arbitration they they won what's amusing you so much while I'm telling this story you're just you're
1: terribly amused by things and paying little or no attention to what I'm talking I'm about. listening to everything you're saying but I am multitasking looking at some of the uh, the comments that's are are you oh, comments good lord um we have a lot of comments do we doing, really? And I'm sure
0: they're all negative towards
1: me. Here's the reason I bring this up: <laughs> well, a series of one-year contracts you're talking about, and, and, right? And, you're, and here's and you're talking and, about here, seventy-six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, so anyway, Major League
0: Baseball lost their arbitration deal, and free agency became a, a real thing in baseball. And at that point, they had to decide between the Major League Baseball Players Association and Major League Baseball, the owners and the commissioner, how they were going to conduct free agency. Yeah. And what we have is that you know players after a number of years become free agents uh it's it's much like an election in in the senate everybody's not elected at the same time so you have a number of free agents every year you don't have everyone as a free agent and that was the um that that is what was decided upon when free agency came down though Charles Finley the owner of the A's he proposed that every player become a free agent every year, that there were no extended contracts, unless the team had signed somebody uh, for for two or three years beyond that, if if the player agreed, but that the player had the right to just sign a series of one-year contracts, complete and utter free agency. The rest of the owners completely thought that this was absolutely batshit crazy. Oh, my God. All they could foresee was that, Every year we're gonna have to go. We're gonna have to go through this, and we have to put a team together every year. And right. so, no one, no one supported Charlie Finley with this. No one at all. The happiest people that the owners completely, because he was Charlie Finley, and essentially said that at this point, anything Finley said, they were just going to give him a middle finger and going to listen because he was pain in the ass. Right. The people who were happiest that the owners. uh paid no credence to this idea, were the Major League Baseball Players Association, Marvin Miller. Because what Miller realized and what Finley realized was that if every player were available every year, that would actually drive prices down because you would have a much larger pool of talent to draw from. And that by running them through uh, free agency, a few players a year Couple dozen, three dozen, whatever it is per year, then they would be a more valuable. Uh, they would be a more valuable entity for the owners. So what the owners really did by just shouting down and saying, "Oh, he's Charlie Finley. He's full of shit. We're not. going to listen to him. He's 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 nuts." They basically cost themselves millions of dollars.
1: Well. And you're absolutely right, because if you only have a few out there, you know the uh, the commodity, by definition, yeah. supply and demand, uh, is going to be more valuable. If, if you uh, need
0: a first baseman and there are five first baseman free agents to choose from, there's going to be a bidding war. But if there are 30-plus first basemen to choose from, eh, you'll, you'll, you'll work it out.
1: Yeah, if you have four or five needs and you go into free agency and you're trying to get those four or five with a pool of 30 players or whatever it is, you're going to pay top dollar if you have to do it. Or you just wait. You just wait a couple years. Yeah. You just, o- over the next two years, you're going to have your pick. And I think though that there is no way they could have, even if they, even if they adored Charlie Finley, right? That does seem operationally pretty much a nightmare. Well, the, to try I, and to try and redo your roster every it, single year. Although in a way they sort of do now. But there's all, there's there's always a you know, a, a number, a good third of the team at least is constantly returning.
0: Sure. But understand, but understand at least, uh, also that the players wouldn't have as many options because the money just wouldn't be out there. And many of them would probably opt to stay in a situation that they were comfortable with. Um, so it, it's it's just an interesting thing. And again, I think it illustrates the idea of when we talk about listening and how important it is to listen, uh, even though I won't listen to if you don't accept that there's white privilege and we're not going to talk. Um I think that uh, the the owners would have probably benefited themselves if they would have listened at least to why Charlie Finley felt that that was what they should do. But uh, from the stories that I'm reading, it's just it simply didn't matter. He was talking to a brick wall because he had been such a thorn in their side for so long.
1: Yeah. But again, and designated Miller, hitter. This is what the lesson should be, though, for us in this time, to your point, John. Is that Marvin Miller was a sworn enemy of not just Charlie Finley but all of the owners? Right, and they were sworn enemies of him. Yep, and they were in a fight for their life. They were in a campaign, if you will, for their life. Yep, and did Marvin Miller get in there? He threw the he, pot. He did, or did he, he just wait? Did he, he just backed, wait for them to?
0: He he uh, he he did. He he got in there. No, he was he was. Very involved. Marvin Miller is one of the ten to fifteen
1: most important people in the history of Major League Baseball, in my mind. No, he he was, but in terms of that issue, year to year, was that was he was he vocal about that, or did he let the ownership decide for himself before he he said anything? In what? other words, did he just let them fight it out? And when it was obviously a. a you know, a solution that they came to that was very beneficial for the players. He then chimed in. Or was he in the mix of that particular issue? He basically, he, he basically made himself,
0: uh, apparently, he cuddle, cuddled up to the rest of the owners and was like, yeah, boy, that would be tough if you had to re-sign every, you know, you're right. We wouldn't want, and we wouldn't want the fans, you know, have, the names are changing. We want, we want some level of continuity, knowing full well that he was getting a lot more money for his players. So really brilliant. And again, though, I do think it does, it does illustrate the example that uh, you will have, sometimes you will have a great, great idea from an imperfect messenger and that's something yeah. that i think I, I that's something i think
1: is a lesson that we could all learn i agree all right I so there's, and, go ahead no and and sometimes okay. we you need to let the, the the wacky ideas just sort of sit and 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 let others fight that out and maybe do a little maybe do a little you know quiet whispering quiet lobbying but in the end you know in the end having a charlie finley was probably marvin miller and the players best weapon Agreed. in the end Agreed. Yeah, in the yeah
0: end. absolutely uh, just a couple more things about that a's thing as i wrapped it up finding out you know the the after alvin dark left chuck tanner took over those a's and i don't remember this because at that point they'd become irrelevant um but you know and then chuck tanner famously in 79 manages the uh In my mind, the uh, least deserving World Series champion of all time, the 1979 uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, But uh, I would say the 1988 Los Angeles Dodgers. But but that's that's spectacular, Mark. That was a spectacular way to win. All right, so that's it. That's the last about our A's deep dive. I but I, I really really uh, encourage people to, to to read a little bit more about these guys. And they were just they not only were they the best team in baseball for three years, they were a lot of fun to watch in that period of time as well. Uh, big hitters, they went deep a lot. They had amazing pitching. And as we talked about in the show, Mark came came to the playoffs. They they went. Five games when the best of five, and generally seven yeah. games in the best of seven. And games were one-run games. I think there was a series where they were all three three to two victories in, in a five-game, all but one in a five-game series. So look into the uh, amazing A's, and while you're there, take a look at the big red machine. We'll be talking about them more on Friday of next week. Now it's time to get back to Progressive trivia, Mark. All
1: right, so here we go. We're looking for an NFL player, past or present. Here then are the clues. We're going to give you the first eight clues um i've thrown uh well the first eight clues which i've already uh eliminated but it was uh he is passer rating is 20 points lower in the playoffs than it is in the regular season he won 14 games as a three-year college starter believe it or not he had a thousand he has a thousand yards he has a thousand yards passing in the playoffs he um was a first round pick he was a two-time pro bowler he, uh, his, I, I've, I eliminated them, so that was just really, really bad of me to do that. I just eliminated <laughs> them to make it easier for me to read. Uh, he played with three head coaches. He's thrown 12 more touchdown passes and five less interceptions than Case Keenum. Speaking of Case Keenum, he played with Case Keenum and Blake Bortles. He uh, played in one bowl game, the Alamo Bowl. That's another, uh, that's another one I forgot. And he went to a Pac-12 school. Went to a Pac-12 school, so what do we got here? It is not Foles, it's ah. not Nick Foles.
0: Damn,
1: it's Pac-12. Uh, let's see. So he his his passer rating is twenty points lower in the postseason than it is in the regular season. He's twelve games over five hundred as a starter in the National Football League. Okay, he won fourteen games total as a three-year starter in college. He has a thousand yards passing. In the playoffs as an NFL player. He played in one bowl game, the Alamo. It is not Patrick Mahomes. One bowl game, the Alamo game. Mahomes, not a Pac-12 guy. He was a two-time Pro Bowler. He was a first-round pick. He played with three head coaches. Has uh, played with Case Keenum and Blake Bortles. Pac-12 guy. And he also thrown 12 more touchdown passes and five less interceptions in his career than Case Keenum. Ooh. All right. Alamo Bowl. That's a tough yeah. one. Alamo Bowl. Should, should I tell you who they played? That might help. They played Air Force in the Alamo Bowl. Ooh.
0: I always <laughs> love always watching Air Force play. That triple <laughs> option
1: attack. It's so
0: great. Love that. Love so, that. So, uh, yes. we go Parcells this, was, one was one of Air Force. Bill Parcells was once the head coach at Air Force. Did you know that? How about that? that? Reading a book on Bill Parcells, uh, uh, Bill Walsh, and Joe Gibbs right now. You are? Yeah, reading a book about the three of those guys, which is really, really interesting. But I had no idea that Parcells had been the head coach at Air Force. I honestly thought Fisher DeBerry had that job from like 1940 until he retired six years ago or something. All right. Let's talk. We move on to our potpourri segment. Got a number of things to talk about. Let's start with the Bubba Wallace situation in NASCAR. It had been reported that a noose was found in the garage area, of Bubba Wallace, uh, the only African-American driver in NASCAR. FBI did an investigation. Apparently, the noose was there prior to Wallace having uh, Wallace himself actually never saw it. Was, it was seen by other NASCAR people working for NASCAR. But, uh, and they determined that it was not a hate crime against Bubba Wallace. Um, great, I'm I'm glad that we didn't find out that it was, you know, a member of another team or anything like that. Or as you know, we we thought maybe Jeff's idea was the best of all that it was somebody making a really horrible joke. But it's just the whole thing's just odd in some way that
1: and and isn't he pushing back on that too?
0: Well, he's saying people are saying no, 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 it, it wasn't a noose. And I guess he saw photos of it or something and they're questioning him it, that was very discouraging as well the boy making melancholy along with the robbery e. league thing was the people just going on yeah, you know, was a liar and it's like wallace never even saw the thing he wasn't the one who reported it it just happened to be in his garage but it's just i am not a conspiracy theorist but if it was a noose and it wasn't the same garage he just ended up in it seems a little difficult for me to 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 put those pieces together.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, to concentrate on the positive, the, uh, the race, I think it was Talladega when everyone got together, Richard Petty, 83, he'll be 83 in July. I think it's your birthday. My birthday. Richard Petty has your birthday. birthday. He will, uh, he will turn 83. He's out there with a mask. He's out there talking about how, you know, um, that what NASCAR stands for, what it doesn't stand for, the uni- the unity and the unification that happened in that sport and with those drivers following this incident is what I'll remember. Now, of course, it's, again, getting in the weeds. And, uh, you know, the first chance people have to attack Bubba Wallace, they will. And they're accusing him of, of lying or whatever it is. But he's pushing back. He doesn't right. think that this was a benign situation and had right. something to do with the garage rope or whatever it is. Uh, so, We'll we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, to your point, John, I don't I'm probably not gonna follow this story that much anymore because now it's just gonna be uh you know, we could write the script about what the Twitter wars are gonna be from here on out. True. And um it's uh exhausting, if you ask me.
0: All right. Jeff, you wanted That's to it. chime in, I thought? Uh,
2: I I have nothing to say on that. I mean, if it is a noose and it was put in Bubba Wallace's garage, obviously I'm not behind that. If it isn't and they have proof that it's not, then uh, it's a very unhappy coincidence.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it is. I think we would all like to, I, no matter your you I think we'd all like to hold on to that moment where the drivers all gathered around Bubba Wallace and said, you know what, it, wh- wh- whatever the situation here, we just want to say we are not in favor of any of this. So if you're angry because of the Confederate flag, okay, if you're, but we're, we're just, NASCAR's not a place for these sort of demonstrations any longer. All right, moving we on. Have, we, we, have a listener,
1: we have a listener and a viewer uh, who's noticing the background. Who's noticing the background? Really, there it is, right oh, there. There, there it is, John Pelkey. His uh, John, well, you can Secret now start Agent referring. I am assuming it's a he.
2: You can refer to it as Lodo or Lotto or however we want to say it now. You Lodo, can for sure, it. back in yeah. the day. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yet, yet other, yet more people who are um, you know backing up my, I think, highly sound opinion that uh, the League of Their Own is is you know certainly a top five sports movie in the history of sports movies.
0: All right. Well, my favorite's Bull Durham, but I don't have a poster because I'm an adult. All right. Let's move on to our next. Uh, let's move on to our next story uh, that I wanted to talk about. Uh, and it is you're the wearing Press- a kiss mask uh, today earlier. So you're, you're, I was. I have there two. you go. I have two kiss masks. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, got me through a lot of tough times, pal. I understand that it's including the length of your hair. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, this is it. This is 1978. Me in junior high. The, if I had braces, well, I had braces, and I'd be 60 pounds lighter, and uh, maybe the biggest loser ever to appear in front of people in any in any way. Good God, good God, I could just. I can't ever get past it. All right, uh, George Preston Marshall was the owner of the Washington Redskins. Um, he was a noted racist. In fact, George Preston Marshall, who made by a by his own men, crap a load of money. Not that I know of. Um, when he died, he gave money to uh, a number of charities, and in his will, he said that none of the money could go to any charity that helped African-American people. That's how serious? big of a racist that George Preston Marshall was. Absolutely. Yeah, he was a bad guy. He was Damn. a really bad guy. Last team to integrate. Um, I know that. I, I'm glad the skins were taking last him year, out. Last year, the skins finally integrated. <laughs> Twenty. Nineteen? No, no. in nineteen. I believe it was twenty nineteen. Jan- January sixty two, right? It was yeah, and it was Bobby Mitchell, and it it came at the behest of the Attorney General Robert Kennedy, who said they would not re- re- uh, renew the Redskins' lease on DC Stadium, which became RFK Stadium, if they did not integrate, and that's how it happened. And they ended up uh, with Bobby Mitchell, uh, who just passed away recently, one of the oh, Hall of Famer Bobby Mitchell. But I, I bring it up because I'm glad they're taking him out of the Ring of Honor. Obviously, he didn't belong. He's a man without honor much like the Seminole County tax collector. Um,
1: so, uh, I do. I allegedly, it, allegedly,
0: <laughs> did it, did it, did it.
1: I can see it. What, it I said, time.
0: what I said, man of honor? Cause we've yes, had, a, we've I had know. a little text thing going about that. But I, do you think, I just want to get both of your opinions and it's hard to decide what Dan Snyder is going to do. Well, not really. You just go, whatever's wrong, he'll do it. Um, Do you think that this is a bit of a tripwire for Dan Snyder finally addressing the racist name of my
1: favorite team? Uh, You know, in my opinion, in my opinion, it's it's clearly a racist name. There's so much that I grew up with that referred that I would read, uh, you know, that would refer to uh, Native Americans as redskins as a complete pejorative, horrible, you know, the. maybe not quite the equivalent of the N word, but, but right there, you know, in terms of just disparaging an entire race, that's my opinion about it. But there's also this, in this day and age of wokeness and, and who's, who's the most, who's the most woke and purity tests and everything else. It seems to be a fight among white people about this stuff. (laughs) You (laughs) know, it really does does seem to be a fight about uh, woke white people. And it, Everything I've read about Native Americans out there is that they don't give a flying rat's.
0: There, pass. there are Native Americans. I, I will see. Obviously, I'm closer to this story than you are. There, there have been Native American groups that that have protested and continue to protest it. And then there are also other people of color who have come out and protested. But, but, but you are right. There hasn't been a sustained uh, issue with it. it. It really is more about woke uh, white people.
1: Uh, yes. And so in that sense we can have this discussion, but, but it doesn't and, and make I, it
0: less racist. And, it really doesn't make it less
1: racist. No, in my opinion, it's a completely racist, horrible name. But if the preponderance, and I have read a few it, it seems like more more of an outlier, the uh Native American people or groups that are uh, upset about this, it's and, and, and really that to me, that needs to be the bar. That needs to be the bar. Like if 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 Native Americans are truly offended by it, if they don't care because it's like the last thing they have to worry about considering everything they've gone through. It, and whatever whatever to it go is, through, it, by the way. Exactly. I think, I think we should take our cue from them. Let's put it that way. Do, uh, do I think it's a completely disparaging racist term? Absolutely. Absolutely. But is it really up to me and my fellow, you know, woke whitey? Woke, white. woke whitey. Woke, woke whiteies? To to make a call on it, not at all, not at all. That's all right. where I come down on it. Fair enough, Jeff.
2: Here's Mark Mark made this a different issue for me before. I was pretty ambivalent on the name change, but now that he's making it a woke white person issue, I really want the woke white people to lose. So man, <laughs> I'm in. I find myself supporting the name Redskins, and and oh, for reasons no, completely. Can't. I, I don't know. I, I just want the white think, people I, to lose. I think
0: DeMark's point I thought the best boy DeMark made was I think uh, you know, uh the uh uh educational inequities, uh the economic issues, uh rampant sexual abuse on uh uh reservations. I mean there's a lot of problems that uh Native Americans deal with and I'm sure that they're sort of like, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I have time for this. Um yeah. but We'll see. I don't think it'll move. Dan Snyder again. If there's a bad Not decision to make, Dan Snyder will make it. He'd have he he'd, have, he'd have reinserted Wally Pipp. I'm going to say this right today. Dan Snyder would have put Wally Pip back in the game when he when he got
1: back. I, I believe I believe his ancestors were loyalists. <coughs> I believe they were also. Uh, I believe they were also on the side of the Confederacy. Yeah. I believe his ancestors were against uh, suffrage for women. Sure. Uh, I believe he, they were isolationists in World War One, in World War Two. vaxxers yeah. <laughs> Just every issue, we're on in the history. wrong side of everything. Uh, been on the wrong side of everything. He yeah. and his and his uh, ascendants.
0: He was pro Dark Ages. That's all I'm saying. Dan Snyder's great-great-pro Dark Ages was, he like, was against whoa, the Magna Carta. He was whoa, against the Magna Carta. Renaissance, my ass. I want none of it. Back to the plague with you. All right, let's move on to our next story, and that is that the powers that be in Las Vegas, home of the Raiders with their storied history in Las Vegas, um, they have uh, they put forth their odds for the World Series. And you know what they're saying the most likely matchup is, Mark? I do. Yankees-Dodgers. Yankees-Dodgers. I, I, I'll announce it. Now, you know that I don't like the Dodgers, and I yeah. hate the New York Yankees. Right. Um, oddly, I hate the Dodgers because I was pulling for the Yankees in those World Series in the 70s because I loved Catfish Hunter, and it was before I hated the Yankees. And I hate the Yankees mainly because, you know, once I really, really started to be an Orioles fan, you have to hate the Yankees as part of what you do. But I think in addition to all the other things that I think is going to be great about this season, I would be in favor of a Yankees-Dodgers World Series. I think it is, outside of my, one of my teams winning, Nats going back-to-back, back, Orioles surprising everyone. Uh, I think that's a matchup, the matchup that I would like to get behind, frankly. And I could, I'm really not going to cheer for
1: either of them, but I just think it would be the best thing for baseball. I don't disagree with you at all. As a matter of fact, I wholeheartedly agree with you. If the Giants aren't involved at all or if they are uh, clearly not as good a team, coming into the season as, well, I don't know, certainly the 10 teams that are going to make the playoffs are nowhere near as good as those folks. Uh, Really, when the Dodgers are good and the Giants aren't, and when the Yankees are good, Every year, I sort of root for a Dodgers-Yankees World Series because it is great for baseball. And all of those naysayers that talk about national overnight ratings would have to eat all of their words with a yeah. World with a World Series of the Dodgers and the Yankees. You know, the last two years, not last year, but two years before that, I mean, the, the Dodgers have won, I believe, five or six consecutive division titles right now. I believe six um, d- division titles, maybe even seven. And they were in th- two, two back-to-back World Series, which is rare for National League teams to even appear in back-to-back World Series, much less win a National League, uh, World Series for a National League team. Those years, the Yankees were also very, very good. The Yankees got to the ALCS against the Astros, the, and, and, and the Yankees made a great run against this, the Red Sox as well. Last year, they made a run. The Yankees have been on the precipice of making the World Series as well for the last three years. I've been rooting for this for a long time because the Giants have not been good, really, since 2016. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you 100%, John Pelkey. I think it would be a great cap to a season. Like, you remember, 1981, it was a strike-shortened season. It was very funky, and it, it was yep. back and forth, and it was two halves of the season. Ended up being Yankees-Dodgers. Ended up being a great series, and uh, and that's what – that's. That's what baseball needs, and I'm fully supportive of it. I mean – if you're a real baseball fan John not just a Yankee fan to your point but if right. you're if you're a fan of the game of course you should root for that of course yeah. you should root
0: for I that. mean root for your team I get that of course I yes. you know I would love nothing more than for the Orioles to win a world series or the Nats to go back to back but that notwithstanding I usually you know pull for the Braves cuz normally I work for them and I have some uh, love for the Angels the I pull for the the your Giants you I've not never been uh, nor you will I ever you, be again the voice of the Braves Do you pull, um, for, do you pull for the Giants sometimes I do, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Even with your hatred of Buster Posey, yeah, I don't pull for Posey. I no, you don't. my a, a perfect season for the Giants for me is if they win the World Series and Posey was injured, uh, probably stepping out of a cab or uh, being carried to breakfast by the people who do that, so he won't trip on the way, um, and then not get to play. And just, you know, weeping in uncontrollably as the team wins. And because of social distancing, he's not even allowed near them in any way, shape, or form. That would be, that'd
1: be fantastic.
0: And, and really, he deserves it for the karma of ruining the great and, game and, of baseball.
1: And, and you know what it is. You know what mm. it all comes down to? He's a seminal. That's mm. what it comes down to. Doesn't help. He's Florida State. Doesn't help. That's the reason that's where it all comes down from.
0: Really dumb. Jeff is a baseball fan. Yankees, Dodgers, if none of your teams make it fun for baseball. No,
2: I think it would be great for TV ratings, but I think it would be more fun for baseball. If it was Astros, Red Sox. (laughs) Can you imagine the Twitter wars going on? If it was Astros, Red Sox, the world might end.
1: That would be, it would be fitting for 2020 for that to happen. And for, and, and for some sort of bizarre, catastrophic thing to result of this Twitter war, you know, that arms were taken up by, by these people, you know, <laughs> that, that, that would not shock me considering what's been happening this year. All right. Final story here in the potpourri.
0: Uh, and then we will get the uh, progressive trivia answer, which I'm still trying to work out in my head. Um, Kylan Hill running back for Mississippi state, the Mississippi state bulldogs has said that he won't play for the team again until the Mississippi state flag, which has, uh, which half of it is the Confederate, uh, uh, Stars and bars, which is not the, the actually the Confederate flags, battle flag of the Confederacy. Um, and uh, yeah, he so he said he won't play for them. Uh, this is a bit of a cause celebrity it has been for a while to change that flag. Uh, Mark, do you support? I know you uh, I know you do not support the stars and bars and you uh, support, obviously, uh, the removal of that from Mississippi flag would be my guess.
1: Um, but you like what Hill did? Yeah, says he's not going to play. I mean, it, it sort of goes along with uh, what the NCAA has said. To your point, you know, they're not going to they're not going to have any games there, any championship games there, uh, in any in any stadium, in any that, sport, uh, in in any sport yeah. where that flag is flown. And and I have no idea especially after the massacre in South Carolina happened five years ago. And uh, Nikki Haley, a very conservative Republican, uh, took down the flag from South Carolina. And she did it in a very appropriate way. It was nonpartisan. And um, to me, I get it. I get why people are attached to it. It would be if it was a San Francisco flag and something – came out about san francisco where they actually did kill where they actually did burn down missions or they you know they did uh, abuse you know native americans whilst building the uh, the missions which i think uh, the spanish certainly did at the time or it, something that you're attached to when you grow up and you love and you never associate with anything bad all of a sudden when you're older it's you're told it's bad and we have to get washington redskins hello Washington i understand Red the Kings. pushback I understand yeah. the pushback, but at this point in time, Chip sorry, is in. it is – yes, it is a flag representing treason. Take yeah. it down. It shouldn't be above a state house. It's ridiculous. I, I just this, wonder – You'd think you'd know better with Mississippi. It's like the, you're already the butt of every single joke about the country. You really want to continue to raise this flag? It's just – It's 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 ridiculous to me that they didn't follow suit with South Carolina five years ago. I don't get it at all.
0: Well, the the other thing I think is, if you know, if your argument is you're forgetting your history, it's why not go back to what the Mississippi flag was before the Confederacy? Mississippi had a state flag prior to the Confederacy. Why wouldn't you just go back to that, though? Now, in my mind, I've conjured up flags that are so much worse than the stars and bars as to what it could possibly be, none of which can I actually say on this podcast Sons, this be edited together in such a way as to make me look like a piece of human garbage, which I will do your feelings. Would you, you're going to do that anyway?
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I don't see any reason to continue to have the Confederate flag on a state flag. Like, it just on, a seems, a, seems yeah, to, I
0: mean, to, to die on that hill at this point just seems like now you're just being contrarian.
2: That flag should represent your entire state, and a lot of the people in your state clearly do not support that flag. Find a flag that everybody can get behind, and if somebody wants to fly the Confederate flag on their house in Mississippi, go for it. But— yeah does not have to represent the entire state
0: yeah and there are people who in fact i watched a great special last night on uh real sports uh where they basically just brian gumbel talked to all kinds of people through the world of sports coaches players agents commissioners just about uh, everything that's going on the uh, coronavirus situation and then uh the sort of black lives matter and civil rights stuff that's going on and there were a number of uh there were a number of people uh Doc Rivers, most the, the one I remember the most, who said he, he believes that the Confederate flag should, much like the swastika in Germany, be illegal. I don't I don't think we're ever going to get to that, frankly. But I but I do but I do think again. And if you're worried about the history, why not go back to what the Mississippi state flag was prior to? Let's see that and go back to yeah. that because that's really your history, as it, you know, as a, as, a, as a United
1: State. Um, it, yeah. it, it's not about tearing down history, John. It's not. And 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 again, you know, our uh, if, if you want to break it up into sides, the left wing gives the right wing lots of ammunition mm-hmm. for uh, them to make the allegation that they're tearing down history. They do. They overplay their hand, the left does, just like the right does. It's a human nature thing to overplay your hand. You smell a little blood in the water, and now you're going to go topple down George Washington. And uh, that's not what anyone's interested in. To your point, we're actually interested in the full history of Mississippi outside of four years. Right, right, right. Four years out of, you know, Put William 200. Faulkner
0: on the flag, for God's sake! You know, you you birthed William Faulkner. Uh, There's something to be really, really proud of. But uh, we'll see what happens. I think it's I think it's going to come off the flag. But but I I, I I I really do appreciate these guys who are taking stances for their principles.
1: Um, and, and I appreciate uh, the NCAA as well. I mean yeah. I think they're leading the way and and so this 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 kid from Mississippi State I think is great. I just I just think it's terrific. Yeah, really he not. should
2: definitely not play for a team that's in a state that has that flag, although I mean he did kind of sign to go there, but at this sure. point he has the ability to make a make some noise and I support him in that.
0: Yeah, and 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 uh, coaches at Ole Miss had said in the past that they they had players who just simply wouldn't even consider because you know their mascot was a rebel. People with the flag, it was it was much more ubiquitous at, a, at an Ole Miss game than it is a Mississippi State game. But uh, yeah, so uh, I I think that's moving in the right direction. All right, that's it for the potpourri. I got no more. I wanted to talk a little bit about the NBA over at Disney's. Uh, we've had a couple more guys: uh, Avery Bradley. Uh, of uh the lakers who said he won't play he has a hear, uh, history of respiratory issues having a difficult time getting over respiratory uh, things so um it, there's been a handful of guys who, who aren't going to play um uh, well, you know what we'll get to that on friday we'll know a little bit more then I, I don't think the numbers uh just just as a yes or no mark i don't think the numbers are going to get to the point where it's going
1: to be anything detrimental for the nba to you no i don't but that's with the caveat that- all that could change i mean it's just amazing how much we don't know with this virus but yeah in the end in the end i i I think it will be somewhat mitigated and i do think that you know these folks for the most part are you know have great immune systems and um i I don't think we're going to have anything really really tragic come out of this and i think the, the nba cautiously and with as many uh, CDC sanctioned protocols as possible, they're going to they're going to traverse this season. And I think uh, I don't think anything's really going to stop it. It's um, it's cautious, though, has to be cautious at this point in time, because, uh, yeah, I think I, I, I,
0: so I, not out of the woods other than like massive numbers of people uh, coming down with it, which, you know, God forbid that that sort of thing happens. All right. So that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it we're done with the potpourri. We'll A lot to talk right. about today's potpourri. We're going to get to the answer for the progressive trivia. So if you would please yeah. give – slowly give these all again as I work through my mind every quarterback I know in the NFL from the Pac-12. Uh,
1: all right. I'm smiling at the latest comment. <laughs> I mean – I'm what can i tell you john what can i tell you please let is- the podcast listeners know what this comment says uh this is from david mickelson if that, if that is you your real that- name if that is your real name and uh and who knows we've had big stories about fake twitter accounts today with dishonorable men i too own several league of their own laser disks you know just just off the top, that one sentence is hilarious. Yeah, one is definitely right. not enough. One
2: is not enough. And laser discs. It, I mean, come on. Who doesn't yes. need as many laser discs as you could possibly get your hands on?
1: It, exactly. It is the greatest sports movie of all time and the greatest movie of 1992. The greatest. I'm going through movies of 1992.
0: Is that and not Titanic's so far, year?
1: Okay, I'm with you. All right, go ahead and go ahead and do that. But that's what it says for the podcast listeners. David Mickelson chimed in with the fact that not only does he own multiple, multiple League of Their Own Laser discs, but he thinks it's the greatest sports movie of all time, which I wholeheartedly agree with. And I think there's lots of evidence for that. And uh, he also thinks it's the greatest movie of 1992, which could be a bit of a stretch. But John is uh, cursory looking at all the 1992 movies. I'm on ease, but I can't say he's wrong yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the the clues for progressive trivia are uh, his playoff passer rating is 20 points lower than his regular season uh, uh, passer rating. He won 14 games total uh, as a starter, three-year starter in college. So less than five wins a season. Not a very good school at all. He has a 1,000 yards passing in the playoffs, and he is a first-round draft pick. He is a two-time Pro Bowler. He played in the Alamo Bowl. He uh, is 12 games over five hundred as a starter in the National Football League. He uh, has 12 more touchdowns and five less interceptions than Case Keenum. He also played with Case Keenum and with Blake Bortles, and he's a Pac-12, Pac-10, Pac-12 quarterback, Pac-12. Pac-12. Yep. Pac-12, so a recent guy, obviously, because the Pac is the one conference that adjusts for <laughs> the amount of teams. How many teams in the Big Ten, John? Fourteen. How many teams in the Big 12? Ten. Yeah. Move Conferences down. representing higher learning, John Pelkey. No wonder people <laughs> think the, the colleges and are full of elites overcharging for you know art history degrees <laughs> he ain't lying. He ain't lying. all right the answer jared goff
0: oh man why did that just not creep into my mind jared goff so they played air force in the alamo bowl i'm gonna look that yeah, up yes.
1: and who was, won do we know they were eight and four that year i think they lost or eight and five. Uh, his first year, they were one and 11, and he was the starter. The next year, they were five and seven. So it was a rough, rough. Oh, oh, and, and the one, the one um, clue I've forgotten is he played for three head coaches because he had two that first year. Jeff Fisher was fired halfway into the season, and some rando took over that I don't <laughs> <even> remember. <laughs> wow. <Durf> and Bonham. <laughs> Yes, before Sean McVay took over, so yeah, Jared Goff. How about that? I think I stumped everyone. Yeah, you really. Yeah, I I didn't see any come down. That, that that's a good I, I one. I think I stumped everyone. Okay, so now uh, hofnerland nineteen eighty four. There was never a better there was never a better quality laser disc movie than League of Their Own. I also view it weekly. Views it weekly. It has kept me sane during this terrible period of our country's history. Now. I'm just telling you. I'm
0: just telling you, John Pelkey. I got to the G's by the way before I found a movie that was better. Ooh, Lenny so, is know,
2: busting. Lenny is busting your your uh, progressive trivia facts. He just googled Air Force and they have never played in an Alamo Bowl. Alamo Bowl.
0: Uh oh. Wait. Oh my goodness. All right. This is good. Mark is oh, uh, going boy, to the mattresses. You. He's this is uh,
2: exactly he's what he's, I live for. He's googling against I'll your I'll Google. Live. We now have a Google fight,
1: Wow. I love. I, I, I love can vamp this. Here. I live for this kind of thing. Yep, Mark. Mark wants I to love be right. For this kind of thing. Bowl game according to um, according to College Football Reference, which is you know uh, a subsidiary of the greatest website of all time. It's a bastard stepson. They won. They won the Armed Forces Bowl uh, against Air Force. You said and, Alamo Bowl. Uh, Oh, there it is. You called it the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, Lenny's
0: right. Uh, Wow. Now, I think the bigger story here, Mark, to take you off the hook, is that uh, it's very apparent that Lenny's using his uh, performance-enhancing device during the progressive trivias. Lenny. Did I not say the Armed Forces Bowl at once? No, you, the said Alamo, the Alamo you said the Alamo Bowl. No, you
1: said the Alamo Bowl yeah.
0: every single time. And that's and why I, I went
1: with Mississippi State. That's why I went and, with that and initially. It, and, it, and, it is, and it is my bad. Oh, you have would you, you. Would you have thought differently if I would have said the correct bowl? I, I would have had it immediately.
2: You have cover fire coming. Then you have cover fire coming in now. To be fair. To be fair, that was a bonus clue. That was not an actual Okay, clue. so
1: what's, what's the 1992 movie, A G, that's better than League of Their Own when you got to G, John? Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. And there's Glenn another Gary, suggestion Ross. here. Solid movie, no doubt about it. Very Malcolm solid. X, movie. Malcolm X also came out in 1992. That's a very good movie as well. All right, David Nicholson uh, chiming in against David Hofferlin. Hofferlin, 1984, I disagree. The laser disc of the Pelican Brief will never be beat both in quality of the film and. The beautifulness of the packaging. Now we have a fight between <laughs> listeners about <what> the <laughs> best laser disc is. We are truly off the rails. We will. to me, this is the most entertaining we've ever been on. After first, I just There's googled
2: beautifulness, only, not a word. Uh, What's that? I just googled beautifulness, not a word.
0: Ah, well, there you are. There you are. It is now. I have only owned one laser disc in my lifetime. i would never owned a laser disc player. But a friend of mine's dad had one, I think this is like 1984, and uh, they'd gotten you know, it was a big deal to get the LaserDisc player, and I just so desperately wanted to see a movie that I'd never seen. So I bought a movie I'd never seen on LaserDisc so I could watch it. And I had that LaserDisc for years, never ever acquiring a LaserDisc player, and I think eventually I gave it to somebody who had a LaserDisc player.
1: I can't uh, say anything more because I've been humbled by my mistake. Ah, ah! You did. You, you, you were so humbled. You didn't
0: even. The man who would have literally asked me in any other situation the price of the laser disc that I purchased, where I got it, uh, what the packaging was. You didn't even ask me the name of it. You're so. That's how, that's how
1: depressed I am, John. Wow. That's how much my knees have been cut out from underneath me. Right. my legs. <laughs> I think it'd be. I think the expression is legs, not not your knees necessarily. Because if they just cut your knees, well, cut you off at the knees, they don't cut I, your knees. I,
0: I think we've. I think we've. I think we've. I think we found a new uh, a new motto for the show. After further review, our trivia is generally right.
1: <sighs> come on, come on. Don't you want to know I the movie? I thought I said armed forces bowl. I thought I said the whole time. I, See, I, I badly just, I just want to sound. know
2: the movie. Badly.
1: What's that, Jeff?
2: I want to know what Who movie he bought movie? on laser disc and and never watched, and still to this day has I, never I did seen. Watch it.
0: I did watch it on my friend's laser disc player, but I never got a laser disc. But I kept the disc at the uh, player. But I kept the disc itself. What was the movie? <laughs> Give me shelter. Ah. I'd never Solid. seen "Give Me Shelter," and I should say that that uh, Mark was in my wedding, and that one of your gifts was a DVD of uh, "Give Me Shelter." I gave DVDs of "Give Me Shelter" to everyone. Mark. Mark clearly lost it minutes after I gave it to him by that expression on his face, and never had the never
1: had the guts to tell me. No, 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 no. That was a great gift. I do remember that, and uh, that was a collector's
0: I, edition of "Give Me Shelter." Yes,
1: and it's a you know, it's a great film, great
0: movie, great, yeah. great sure. Great film. All right, so that's it. I think I think we're done. Any uh, boy, Mark, look at you, mad Copa. mad Copa. You become Judge Turpin from Sweeney Todd.
1: Yeah, wow. I mean, I'm I'm I am Catholic, so I'll be I'll oh, be. Uh, this is going to hurt you. Yeah, I'll be doing that for a few.
0: And you know hours me. And You know me a little bit later on today. A few pops in me, just out of nowhere,
1: random text. Alamo Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, and you're going to. Slowly but surely, you know, my personality will dis- disintegrate before yep. your eyes. And, you know, as a good friend, you would help, you would help bolster it, help, help kind of put the pieces back together of Mark Ferreira. Yeah. But no, what John Palke will do will be just continue to sort of sit by with his, with his Coke and his popcorn, watching it all fall apart. Coke. It's high art for him. Coke. Yeah, Single mall, brother. This, this is single mall
0: drinking time. Like Mark screwed up a progressive trivia. He's all worried about the po- PowerPoint. Got to get the PowerPoint right. Nurka, nurka. We do a PowerPoint. We get ten more listeners. Yeah. I haven't even neglected to get the clues right.
1: Good God, man! <laughs> it's honest. an A. But it, it's a it's a bowl game that begins with an A. That doesn't matter. Oh, well, see. Maybe I, I should have just said that. It's a bowl game that begins with an A that's a plethora of bowl
0: games that don't matter. Listen, I'm going to tell people, listeners of this podcast, and we're going to get out of here in just a second. I apologize for taking up all of your time, folks. Um, Five hours. I, absolutely. But uh, one of the best parts of our old radio show, I believe, would be that uh, in, in the, like late November, early December, where Mark would get the list of all bowl games. And and would just he would just be apoplectic about how ridiculous it is that we have this many bowl games and what in the yeah. hell. It yes. just and so you would go through the bowl games and you would uh, you'd throw one out there. And I would, have a, I would have a statistic for each game as to why that would make it interesting to me. And why I mean, it's a watchable bowl game. Why it's a watchable. You'd be like, all right, Valdosta State, Arizona. And I was like, oh, well, Valdosta State's head coach was once the defensive back coach at Arizona. And he doesn't get along well, the coach. So that was a great storyline. And you would just, by the end of it, you should be banging your head on the table because I could come up with a reason why it was an interesting game. Because they all are. There need to be more bowl games, Mark.
1: My mom is chiming in. Yeah, there does not, there does not need to be more bowl games. Just bowl There's games this not, year.
0: Just wait. Don't play, don't play college football until, like, you know, October when it's all over, when, 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 you know, we're through the second wave. And then just just give them names and play nothing but bowl games. The Magnolia Bowl today. It's Iowa and Maryland. and, and Oh, my God, that would be amazing.
1: But it wouldn't be the Magnolia Bowl, John. It would be, it would be, you know.
2: The Magnolia Holmes Ball, It would be bowl. Big
1: Ag Bowl.
0: The Value Toner Ink Cartridge Bowl. I'm just looking at the closest thing to me. That'd be a yes, hell of a game. Exactly.
1: Yeah. All would, right. Nothing, nothing would be anything that's actually in nature or something to, na- you know, something in the city or it's gotta something be historical. It's got to be corporate. It, It's got to be. It's got to have a corporate name. So, so that's what it is. Um, and yes, my mom's asked, "Does it really bother me?" And yes, it does. It does. I uh, I need to be perfect with progressive trivia. Oh, it's killing it, especially especially with the first progressive trivia that stumped everyone. And now, now there's a double asterisk next to it. There really is. Because, John, if I would have actually said Armed Forces Bowl, he would have immediately got Jared Goff. And immediately. I remember that
0: Cal Air Force Armed Forces Bowl. The problem with Cal is they just didn't have the guys on the team to practice for that triple option attack of Air Force. That's the big problem. You got Goff couldn't run that triple option as well yeah. as uh, Air Force's quarterback who, you know, is currently serving his country. And-
1: yeah, the Poulon Weed Whacker Bowl, Lenny chimes in with. The Poulon Weed Whacker. Do we really was, need the Poulon Weed Whacker Bowl? Yes. I think it was really? the Poulon
0: yes. Weed Eater Bowl. I don't think it was Weed Whacker. Uh, I think it was, it was weed, weed Whacker. Uh,
1: but, uh, yes, yes, there were some classic Poulon. You go to ESPN Louisiana's, Classic. Yep, Louisiana, to Louisiana Tech by the sea for nuns. Joe's, Joe's school, Joe's school for nuns by the sea, you know, against, uh, you know, I don't know. Or as we call them, Alabama's non-conference games. Um, Though
0: they need to be given credit. You see Alabama's signing up for some non-conference games. Uh, God, we're well over time here, and I apologize. But uh, they're they're actually going to play a home-and-home series, I think, starting in 2023-2024 without Ohio State. And uh, they've ah. also signed on some other teams. So I think I think I think that's that prevailing wind, and that's a discussion for another day. But I think teams are starting to see the way this is shaking out is that maybe you need a couple of intersectional games early. You need to play some teams of note, or you'll bury your, you'll bury yourself and not be able to climb back into the national championship race. So.
1: Pac-12 Pac- has been doing that for years, John Pelkey. Yep. Pac-12 has been with a great bowl game, and Nick Saban's really been on the hot seat with that and got, yep. gotten very defensive about it. And he'll be long gone by the time that home-and-home uh, home, home series begins. I think you're probably right. I don't think he'll be around for that. All right. Well,
0: you know what? We're not going to be around for any more of this show. It just went too long, and, I, and I'm so sorry. And I didn't have a chance to talk about many of the things I wanted to talk about. And I blame it on my melancholiness and Mark's uh, inability to uh, – Properly do progressive training.
1: Alamo Bowl. It's an A bowl that no one cares about. It's an A bowl that no one cares about. Really? Watch the Armed Forces Bowl or the Alamo Bowl? Really? No. you, you
0: You hate the military. There it is. And on that note, for Jeff Taylor and Mark Ferrer, I'm John Pelkey. It's been another edition of After Further Review. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you again in a couple of days.